1: Channel 9 in El Central California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. As well as from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel, 503 in New York City. If you like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church located at 1043 Middle Street is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Cali for 97 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late Chief Pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the settings, that is, those of you in the hospitals and confluence and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Before we continue with the musical portion of the program, I would like to take this time to honor and wish fathers everywhere a wonderful Father's Day. May the good Lord bless you all and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. A spirit-filled father, one who walks with the Lord, nurtures his children with the same grace and love shown to him by our Heavenly Father. In this hardened world, Many are often caught between teaching their children to rely on their own strength or teaching them the strength of calling on the Lord through prayer. The Apostolic Faith Church Choir, directed by Emilia Hahn, will open up a Father's Day program by singing the melody entitled, Father's Eyes. Won't you sing along as the words appear on your screen? The choir will be accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. There is no other protector, guide, and savior than our Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ. His precious love knows no end, and it is His love that one can feel. His tender arms take hold of you and lead you on the path of righteousness. Our church band, led by yours truly, will play the song entitled, This is My Father's World. precious our world would be if we just surrendered all to Jesus. The stress level in our lives would significantly decrease as we lay all, all to Him. Singing to everyone is Seneca Rose Hahn, and she has chosen to sing for you this beautiful number entitled, I Know A Man Who Can. Seneca Rose will be accompanied by Tiari Summers on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, Trustee Associate Pastor Evan Spoke Sr. and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars. I
0: can't take a heart that's broken and make
1: Thank Seneca Rose. What a wonderful rendition. It is hard world where we live in, and a blessed is the father who seeks the guidance and compassion of the Savior and the care and nurturing of his loved ones. The church choir will now sing their second and final number for today entitled, He Made Everything New. The string ensemble of our church band, I wait to play for you the uplifting and awesome song entitled, Praise Ye the Lord. What a wonderful presentation. Thank you, Strings. Now the vocal group known as the Saints in Harmony will sing the song entitled God of Our Fathers. They will be accompanied by Christy Hahn on the piano. On this beautiful Sunday, I would like to dedicate today's number to Mr. and Mrs. Stephen and Sheverstein Zorichak. May the good Lord continue to bless and keep you both. Continue your journey with the Lord and you will never go wrong. Have a wonderful and happy Father's Day, Stephen.
2: Shorty
3: Peace the Lord. and good morning, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time stations and locations in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XTTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, on Station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on Station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecasts in its entirety, please visit our website on jesuscomingsoon.org. And now concerning our scheduled gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m., and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m., except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by Neighbor Island Branch Churches. The services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaneda Sr. in Kanakai Molokai, by Pastor Walter Aitin Loy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Wa'asano Sr. in Kaloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Esperin Balogo Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Sparrow and President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every Sunday, second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank
1: you, Melvin. The signs of times are upon us because the hearts of men are turning towards ungodliness. Today, there is an unbelievable amount of turmoil all over the world brought on by man's hate, greed, and desire for supreme power. Therefore, it is more important than ever to seek and find Jesus. I pray that my sermon entitled Faith of Our Fathers will give you the opportunity to consider what Jesus has to offer you, if you will but hear His voice. I caution you, don't reject the Word of God, and above all, don't reject the Lord. Hopefully in due time, others will be able to see Jesus in you rather than merely you in you. Always bear in mind, many are called, but few are chosen. If you want to spend eternity in paradise, Lord, then you want to be among the chosen. Let us begin with the sermon. Before I start on my Father's Day message, I'd like to ask you, our viewers, one question. If there was a way to know that you were saved without a doubt, you would want to know about it, wouldn't you? Well, that's great, because now I'd like to invite you to turn your attention to the gospel of the kingdom of God and see how you measure up to the word of God and how you may enter into God's kingdom. First of all, the gospel of the kingdom of God is the good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. Turn with me, TV viewers, to John 3, 1-7, and see the verses slowly unfold in order to find out how you stand with the Lord. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Nicodemus was of the ten wealthiest men during his time and was also one of the elite in his community. Regarding the riches, the Scripture tells us how hard it is for someone who has his eyes on his riches to enter into the kingdom of God. Matthew 19, 24 tells us, And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. The warning is that usually, the eye focuses more on the wealth than on God. There's nothing wrong with wealth. It is having one's eyes on something other than the Lord that matters. This is why Jesus told his disciples, nothing is impossible with the Lord. The eye of the needle was a small gate by which the camel had to be offloaded first, Then it was able to proceed through the gate while on its knees. This is how we, too, have to come to the Lord. Nicodemus came to Jesus to find out how he might be saved. He came with his own understanding and an open heart. Let's look at the flip side of the coin for a classic example. Some years ago, an English pastor went to see a very wealthy man who was at the point of death. In giving him spiritual counseling, the pastor asked to hold the man's hand while they prayed together. The man declined and put his clenched fist between the bed covers. Shortly afterward, the man breathed his last breath of life, without acknowledging that Jesus was his personal Savior. Later, when he turned down the blankets, the deceased man's hand was found rigid and clasped the key to his safety deposit box. Here, once again, the truth was emphasized. The love of money is the root of all evil. It will blind a man and warp his soul, so that he will prefer the grasp of a bank key to the hand of Jesus Christ extended in salvation. We continue in verse two, the same, that is Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art our teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. He was calling a people out of a people for his name's sake. And right now Jesus is calling you this morning through this telecast. Won't you heed him? We continue in verse three, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The Lord knew Nicodemus was born once. That's why he said, ye must be born again. It is to you, viewers. He also knows that we were born once already. That's why God has commanded your children to continue to preach his born-again message until he comes in clouds of glory to take you and I out of this sin-sick, devil-made-care world in which we live. Continuing in verse 4, we read, Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter into the second time to his mother's womb and be born? Nicodemus was blinded to the truth. The Lord does not say that one must understand the word of God to be saved, nor did Jesus instruct anyone to go to school to learn about his word. It is taught to us through his Holy Spirit. John 14, 26, tells us, But when the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. We must believe, as Luke said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. We continue in John 3, 5. Jesus answered, "Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. By this we know that water baptism is a must to be saved. The word Jesus uses is except. Therefore, there is no exception. Unless you meet the Lord Jesus Christ in water baptism, you are not saved. We continue in verse 6 and 7. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. There is no excuse. There should be no wonder or doubt. In our next scripture, Peter preaches Jesus and is ready to give an altar call. Listen to Acts 2, 36-38. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know surely that God had made that same Jesus whom he hath crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Yes, viewers, you should be asking yourself the same question at this time. What must I do to be saved? We continue with Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Like Peter just said, the first step to salvation is to repent. Then be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will receive the promise of the gift of the Holy Ghost. After being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, followed by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then you are then baptized into the body of Christ. And the only evidence of being baptized with the Holy Spirit is to speak in an unknown language. There is no language art school that teaches this language. It is given by the Lord Himself. Acts for 12 states, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That is a clincher. God has many names throughout the Old Testament. Elohim, the lily of the valley. Jehovah. The Rosa Sharon, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, and others too, numerous to mention at this time. But today in salvation, the authorized name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of my friends tell me they were baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. According to Matthew 28, 19, I tell them the same things I'm telling you this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are only titles, but Jesus is the name, and according to the Word of God, we are to administer baptism in that name, Jesus, which means Savior. Colossians three seventeen tells us, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, I might add baptism is in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now let us move on to this morning's topic, Honor Thy Father. The title Father is forbidden for anyone to use as we only have one Heavenly Father. Matthew 23, 9 declares, and call no man your Father upon the earth, for one is your Father which is in heaven. The leader in the church is a pastor. The title Father speaks of authority, leadership, leadership, intercession, and representation. Today's text comes from one of the Ten Commandments. We read Exodus 20, 12. Honor thy father and mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The definition of the term honor is to respect and give reverence. It also makes reference to building a good reputation or a good name for oneself. Let's get some background for Father's Day. Father's Day was started in 1910 by Mrs. John Bruce Dodd of Spokane, Washington. The purpose was to set a day aside to give honor to all fathers and show the expression of gratitude and appreciation for their roles in their families' lives. In 1924, President Calvin Coolidge proclaimed the third Sunday in June as Father's Day. Now, much is given about this special day, therefore I'd like to add some information about father, dad was traditionally the breadwinner in the family. Times have changed so much in our economy that it takes the hard work of both mom and dad to make a living. Although in many cases the woman now has to go out and work to help support the family, the Word of God tells us a man who doesn't support his family is worse than an infidel. Let us read 1 Timothy 5:8. But if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. An infidel is like an unbeliever. In other words, we men have to go to work, even though mom's income may be enough to support the family. Originally, the father of the family was a priest who represented the family, offered sacrifice for them, and acted as their instructor in matters pertaining to God. Before the legal of the priesthood was established through Moses, the father of each family was recognized as holding that high office. An example one is that of Noah. Noah, on behalf of his household, built an altar. Abraham offered a ram instead of his son and was constantly erecting altars. Job, too, offered burnt offerings for his children. The father was a priest, and his business was to maintain the spiritual standard for the family. Today, we fathers pray for our families. Name them one by one unto the Lord. When your children see you praying, they will never forget that as long as they live, because they know you're praying for them. This is Father's Day, whether you endorse it or not. I further believe that Father's Day is every day for the Christian. I ask you, TV viewers, are you the head of a family? The new duty is to provide for the temporal needs of your family. But above all, you must provide for their spiritual needs. You are to exercise authority, leave your children in the ways of the Lord, and minister to them at home as well. Half the mother is left to train the children, teach them to pray, read to them the scriptures, and so forth. But scripturally, Father should be the leader. What does it mean to honor thy father? We honor our father when we obey and respect him throughout his life. There may even be times when we must care for him. We thank the Lord for godly fathers who taught us the ways of the Lord. How can a father urge his son or daughter to live a godly life? Fathers can do that by setting a godly example. One of the best examples to set is that fathers bring their children to church. Notice I didn't say to send them to church, I said to bring them to church. Hebrews 10:25 tells us not forsaking the assembling ourselves together, as a man of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as we see the day approaching. Attendance is a must for anyone who expects to be with the Lord when He comes. Permit my example. Many years ago, a railroad company wished to discontinue a certain line running from Northwestern Colorado to Nebraska. The operation in that area was losing money. A hearing was held, and the proposal to abandon the line was formally suggested. One of the witnesses who testified for the opposition was an old farmer who pleaded that the line was a vital necessity in the area. The railway lawyer asked, how long has it been since you shipped anything on the railroad? Well, I don't as I ever have. How long since have you ridden the railway, pressed the attorney. About 10 or 15 years. Then what difference does it make to you whether the line is abandoned or not? Well, the farmer with some heart and irritation said, I want you to know that I walk down almost every night to see that train go by. Many people seem to feel the same way about their attendance in church. It's a nice old familiar landmark which they miss if it were abandoned or torn down, but they do not consider it vitally necessary to themselves or to their family's Christian life. Furthermore, the Lord instructed the congregation together where he had placed his name. We read Deuteronomy 12, 5. But unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name there, even unto his habitation shall ye seek, and thither thou shalt come. It's not the placing of the name of Jesus upon the building that the Lord is referring to. He's referring to the doctrine which is being preached. It's the doctrine where you attend a doctrine of preaching Jesus. We teach those things which are directly out of the word of God that become sound doctrine, which causes the word of God to be without reproach. Hold your place right here and turn with me to Titus 2, 1, which says, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Any other doctrine will be met with a curse. Read Galatians 1, 8-9. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that he have received, let him be accursed. Jesus is the way and the truth. John 6, 32 to 35 tells us, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then saith they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. You know the reason many people don't come and partake of the bread of life? It's because one has to have a spiritual appetite to eat this food. Jesus was the one who came to die that we might live. He did that willingly because he loved you and me. We read Jeremiah 15, 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy words was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Someone has said you feed your body 20 times, one times a week, whether it's hungry or not. Then why not throw your soul a bone at least once a week? Even it doesn't seem eager for food. The poor thing may be too weak from starvation to make its wants known. Yes, television viewers, it is vital in part to feed your soul on the Word of God. For when the time comes, it will, when you really need the guidance of the Word, it will be in your heart. Take the son who moved out of his father's house. He was able to come to his senses and times became hard. The kind of relationship you have with your father and vice versa it helps to get things back on track. What kind of a relation did he have with his father? have? Luke 15, 11 to 23 tells us, and he said, Jesus, that is Jesus, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to the, his father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that fall to me. And he divided unto them his living. And how many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey to a far country. And there wasted his substance with righteous living. To every young man and young woman out there in my audience, that far country represents a place that your father does not want to see you experience because it represents a certain lifestyle which will take you down a road to destruction. Righteous living means a wild and turbulent lifestyle. Most likely you will be involved with people who are questionable mental and physical capacities. Let's continue reading in verse 14. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. There are many people who have left the faith. If they do not return soon, they will face a life of being in want. Even worse now is that they are already in spiritual want. The Word of God is the food for the soul, and the soul will wither and die if not fed. When we consider how soon the Lord will return for His church, we don't have much time left. Continuing in verse 15, we read, And He went and joined Himself to a citizen of that country, and He sent Him to His fields to feed swine. Notice the change in His lifestyle. When he had money, he had friends to help him spend it. Now that he had spent his inheritance, there was no friends to come to his aid. Let's continue verse 16. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk, and that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. If there were just husks there, he would gladly have eaten for the food. Today is almost commonplace to hear of people following someone into a cult because they want their ears tickled with some new doctrine. This is not a fairy tale, It's currently going on and recently has been in the news. We continue with verse 17. And when he came to himself, he said, How many high servants of my fathers have bread enough and spare, and I perish with hunger? The only reason he came to himself was that he had been brought up right by his father who followed the word of God. The Word gave him guidance in what to do when the going became tough, but if he had followed the Word of God all along, he wouldn't have ended up in this unfortunate predicament. Verse eighteen, nineteen tells us that I will arise and go to my Father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy higher servants. Before we can come to our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, we must first realize what we have done and then confess our deeds followed by repentance. When Adam and Eve sinned, the Lord said unto them, Adam, where art thou? He knew exactly where Adam and Eve were. He wanted them to understand their condition because of their disobedience. We must realize what our condition is and ask the Lord to help us with our new resolution. When a father sees his son or daughter change his or her life for the better, the joy the father experiences is the true love of God. Turn with me to John. Verses twenty twenty two. to and read with me, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. When you, are viewers, take that first step to come to the Savior, he will meet you halfway. After you have accepted Jesus as your Savior in water baptism, the new clothing you have on is His righteousness. After He saves your soul, He doesn't want you to be idle and just sit around. That's why He gives us a ring in our hand. It symbolizes doing His work. The new shoes He gives us you is the new walk with Him. All barriers have been broken down so that you may join the family and household of God. Verse 23 24 tells us, And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this is my son was dead, and now he is alive again. He was lost and is found, and he began to be merry. Young man, young lady, while your dad is still living, ask him to lunch today. Show me your love and care for him. On the other hand, dads, if your sons can't take you to lunch because they are still too young to earn their own money, how about calling grandpa and taking him out with your family? What a wonderful way to keep the family together. Because the father who does things together with his family will keep his family together. Have a happy Father's Day. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and view this telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, is your host, Head Pastor Billy Jr. expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of His hands. And I'll call upon the church band to play the final number entitled, I Love Him Better Every Day.